This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everybody, this is Brent from Learn Jazz Standards and you're listening to the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, our very first episode. Uh, We're going to go ahead and give this a try and we want to hear from you if this is the kind of content that you want to see us do more of, if you enjoy this, if uh, listening is uh, a little better to you than reading, then we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment in our comment section below and give us some feedback. Uh, So today I want to talk about a very important topic, and this is four habits to better practicing. Uh, As a musician, practicing is the most important thing. I think we can all agree uh, that if we're not practicing, if we're not striving to get better, then we just simply won't get better. Um, So so practicing is is such an important thing. And and one thing that I always tell my students is as a teacher, it's more important that I teach them how to practice well than actually give them more information. Sometimes information is just information until you can actually apply it and work it and make it turn into something fruitful and useful. And so that's why I, th- I think talking about practicing is incredibly important. And by the way, a, a lot of these points that I'm making today, you can also find in our free ebook, uh, A Jazz Guide to Practicing. You can sign up to get that ebook by. Uh, subscribing to our newsletter, uh, go to www.learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter, or you'll see in the right-hand column uh, an opt-in form to sign up for our newsletter there. So without further ado, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the four habits to better practicing. Number one. This is a very important one. Set goals and write them down. Set goals and write them down. Now, it's it's no secret. There's been lots of studies done about the success rate of those that that not only you know set goals for themselves but write them down. They tend to be much more successful than, than those that A, don't set goals at all, and then B, don't write them down. Now, why is setting goals so important for a jazz musician? Um, as jazz musicians, we're expected to do so much. We're expected to play at a very high level, have a great understanding of music theory, uh, play at a virtuosic level. Um, and so it's important for us to start with this very first step. And if there's one thing I want you to take from this podcast today is this first habit is write goals, set goals and write them down. This is the most important thing you can do. And I can't stress this enough. 
And the first thing you need to do when you're going to, you know, start setting goals for yourself is ask yourself, what is it that I want to get out of this? What do I want to get out of jazz? Uh, am, am I trying to become a professional jazz musician? Uh, is this a hobby that I just I just want to become a great player? I want to keep working and, 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 you know, become the best jazz musician I could possibly be. Does jazz bring you a lot of joy? Or is it perhaps something that you're wanting to try to, you know, make a career out of? And so these are the kinds of things you have to ask yourself. And you can even ask yourself, you know, simpler questions like, how good do I want to get? That might seem like a funny question, but you have to ask yourself, like, how passionate are you about becoming a great jazz musician? Because one thing you need to know is it's not easy to become a great jazz musician. I mean, I can I can uh, tell you from personal experience, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, so the first question you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to get out of this? And that will start influencing your goals. Um, and when I'm talking about setting goals for yourself, I like to talk about two different kinds of goals. First, we have long-term goals. And we have short-term goals. Uh, so let, let me talk quickly about long-term goals. After you've asked yourself that question, you know, what is it that I want to get out of this thing uh, called jazz? Then you can start saying to yourself, well, where do I want to be in one year, two years, maybe three years, four years, five years? You know, do I, you know, how, where do I want to be? You know, it, it, it could be different for everybody. For, for a student, it might be, you know, I want to get into a great jazz college. And so then you're already setting up, you know, a pretty broad goal. Or it could be a little more specific. It could be, well, I want to learn how to play 30 tunes, 30 new jazz standards by the end of this year. Um, or, you know, it could be, you know, I want to learn how to play these 10 solos. Uh, over the course of a, a year or two or however long that would take you. And so it's, it's these kinds of long-term goals that you want to start you know, thinking about. And then after that, you want to think about short-term goals. And what short-term goals are is how do I get to my long-term goals, right? Uh, and you know, short-term goals are more like what do I want to get done this month? What in my practicing, my jazz practicing, do I need to get done this month or, or week, you know, to to end up reaching these long-term goals? And, you know, that could be, you know, let's let's go to that example of the long-term goal of learning 30 jazz standards in a year. Let's say that's the goal. Well, then you have to ask yourself, how do I get there? Maybe you want to learn um, a new jazz standard a week or every two weeks. Uh, which jazz standards are there? That, that are they that you want to learn? Write them down. Uh, maybe you want to learn how to play a solo, you know, by one of the greats, you know, a Charlie Parker solo by the end of the month. Well, then figure it out. How many bars do I need to learn every single week? Okay, how many bars do I have to learn on my instrument every week in order to attain that goal? And so those are short-term goals. So in the end. Your long-term goals are influenced by your aspirations, right? Those questions that I had you ask at the beginning. What do I want to get out of this thing? And then your short-term goals are inspired and influenced by your long-term goals. How are you going to get there? So set goals 
and write them down. Write them down in a place where you're going to see them, on your wall where you practice, in your bedroom. You know, I don't know where, where it might be for you, but write it in a place where you can say, this is where I want to get to in my jazz playing. This is where I want to reach for. You know, and sometimes that it's going to be, you know, you know, shoot for the stars. I'm a dreamer personally, you know, shoot for, for greatness, because if you do at least shoot for greatness, you're going to at least fall somewhere below there. But if you shoot too low, you know, you might end up not getting near as far as your true potential. So if there's one of these habits that I want to really drive home today, it's set goals and write them down. Now, number two uh, is, is also a really important one, and that is remove distractions. So when you're going into your practice session, uh, has this ever happened? I know this has happened to me. You know, you go into practice... And you start practicing and, you know, and all of a sudden you find yourself actually on your laptop and you're checking Facebook or, or you get a text message and you start responding to that text message and, or you get a phone call from a friend or or, or family. And before you know it, you're, you're completely distracted. You're completely off. You can't even remember what you were doing. Um, and suddenly your practice session is, is completely ruined and you didn't get much of anything done. So staying focused is one of those things that's just really hard for us, especially, you know, personalities like me. Uh, You know, I'm just, I'm a guy that has a hard time staying focused. So if I'm around a lot of distractors, it's really hard for me to practice. Um, And that, that, that becomes a serious problem for me in my playing. So how do we remove distractions, distractors from our practicing environments? Well, my first suggestion is find an isolated place to practice. You know, too often we're just practicing, you know, in a place where, uh, you know, where where there's a lot of things going on. You know, it it may be our, our home or our home office where we do other activities. You know, the ideal situation would be that you have a practice room that's, you know, even separate from your your house, your where you live. And I know that's just not possible for most people. So I would just suggest finding a place that is dedicated in almost like a sacred space where this is where you practice and and you do little else other than that. Um, you know, when I was in college, uh, my, my first year of college, I, I went to a great art school, Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle, Washington, before before I moved on to New York City and I got my, my, my uh, jazz performance degree at City College of New York. But at, at Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle, there is this room um, on, on, on the very top room, the top room of the building. And it was uh, the founder of the school's old building from the early 1900s, uh, Nellie Cornish. Um, so it was a very interesting room. I mean, old building, the wood creaked, you know, in the middle of the night. Um, you know, these there's this nice orange ambiotic light um, in the side uh, of this room. Um, and there was this grand piano sitting in the room and just a chair. And I would go up there, you know, late at night. I would go up there at midnight or 11 o'clock 
and you know just sit there and practice it was it was quiet there was nothing else to do other than practice um there was you know big french doors at the back that outlook that looked out onto the downtown seattle and you could see the space needle and it was just a very serene place to practice there wasn't distractions around and some of my best practicing sessions came from from that from just being in a place where I wasn't going to be bothered. Uh, it was quiet. And there was th- that room was where I practiced. There, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't another reason to be in that room. And, and that was so helpful for me. Um, you know, so, I, so find a place where you can practice that is isolated and is set apart and sacred for your practicing space. And the other one is obvious. Just eliminate distractors. Don't bring something to your practice session that you won't actually need for practicing. Turn your phone off. Don't bring your laptop. Um, These are the things that commonly in this modern day and age distract us. You know, if you need an MP3 player to transcribe a solo or to try to learn a tune, well, that's, that's one thing altogether. But, you know, start disciplining yourself not to bring items that you won't need other than your instrument, you and a necessary tool like like an iPod or, or, or something like that. Start this habit today of removing distractions from your practice room and I guarantee you that you will begin to have more fruitful practice sessions and you'll watch your playing get better and better every single day. <music> Habit number three uh, is one that we're all guilty of from time to time. So, you know, sometimes more often than less, unfortunately. Um, and this is practice what is ailing you, not what you're already good at. Practice what is ailing you, not what you're already good at. Right? It's so easy. It's so comfortable to practice things that you already know you're good at. You know, you practice this one tune that you know, oh, I can really, you know, tear lines over this thing. Oh, man, I sound so good on this. Um, you know, and and that's comfortable. That's That feels safe, and we like that because so often as musicians, we have this, this psychological thing going on in our head where we want to prove to ourselves that we're good enough. You know, we want to we want to feel like, you know, we really can play this. We can really do this. That's right. Now I know. Yeah, that, I I remember. I, I'm actually good. You know, but but that's that's a place that anybody that wants to progress at anything does not want to be in. What we want to be doing is identifying what parts of our playing need help, and what we can do to get that out of the rut that it's in right now. So let's say maybe you just have issues playing jazz language. You know, you're not able to play chord changes that well. Well, don't don't just settle for, you know, playing your minor pentatonic scale or something that you already know. Go out there and say, I'm going to find a way to make this better. I'm going to start, you know, transcribing solos. I'm going to start learning solos. I'm going to start taking licks through all 12 keys. So start attacking that. Maybe you're not good at playing fast tempos and, and, and 
it feels comfortable for you to always practice at you know a medium tempo, a comfortable tempo, then go ahead and start attacking those fast tempo, those fast tempos. Don't be afraid to fall on your face because that's what this whole practicing jazz thing is. It's crashing over and over again and then picking yourself back up and being better for it. Um, I've played many a gig where I left going, oh man, that was a train wreck. I completely messed up that song. Oh, I lost the form. Oh, I couldn't play that fast. Oh, the changes to that song were so difficult. But then after that, I went home and I practiced. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to let that own me anymore. So we need to start developing the habit of sitting in the practice room and saying, I'm going to focus on the things that I'm not good at instead of the things I'm great at. Remember, the practice room is like a laboratory, okay? It's the opportunity we get to slow things down, to, you know, break it up into pieces, to really analyze it, to, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to be sounding good. You know, you probably actually heard it before said that if you're sounding really good while you're practicing, well, it probably means you're not actually practicing, Um, And there is a level of truth to that. And this is not to say that in your practice sessions, you shouldn't have a time where you just, you know, play and have fun. And, and, you know, that's something good to put maybe at the beginning of your practice session. You know, give yourself a good 10 minutes at the beginning to just play things that you're comfortable with. And and then move on from there, though. Don't let that linger for too long. So, uh, you know, our... Our third habit that we really want to start working on today is practice what's ailing you, not what you're already good at. The third habit is be consistent. Be consistent with your practicing. Um, This is... This is obviously something that everybody struggles with, um, if not because of sometimes there's a lack of motivation, but because of our lives are so busy. You know, most people listening to this podcast are not professional musicians. You know, you're out working a job or you're retired or or you have to do this and do that and family. And I mean, the list goes on and on. We all live busy lives. Sometimes we don't have time to practice and that's okay. Um, But what we need to start doing today, if we really want to get better at playing jazz, if we really want to see some real change, some improvement in our playing, is we have to get more consistent about it. And that just starts by simply evaluating your life schedule and making a plan. When am I going to practice this week? Where am I going to set aside the time to make this a priority? And, you know, a, a common mistake a lot of people make is they think I have to practice for a really long time, you know, or, or an hour or two or three in order to make some real progress in, in a practice session. And that's just simply not true. In fact, it's way more valuable if you're only able to spend 30 minutes or 20 minutes and do that every day rather than just have one day where you practice for five hours or three hours. It's much more beneficial for you to stay consistent, um, you know, and, and especially if you're applying 
uh, our, our habit number three, um, you know, practicing what you're not good at, you can, you know, have a really productive practice session in just a short period of time. And that's, that's a common misconception is that you need to practice for hours and hours and hours and hours. And, and you just, you don't, you know, I, when I was in college, I also did have some crazy practicing, uh, you know, sessions sometimes. Yeah. I think the longest one I ever did was 10 hours long, um, which, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's ridiculous. Um, I'm not saying that I regret doing it. Um, I, I did at one point in my life used to practice five or six hours a day. Um, and I don't regret any of that, but I will say that I've had practice sessions that lasted 30 minutes or even an hour where I got way more out of that practice session than I did that crazy 10-hour practice session. So there's always time that you can fit in a good practice session. But the most important thing is that you're staying consistent with it, that you're practicing X amount of times a week. Uh, I'm also a runner. I like to go running. And I find that if I'm not running consistently, I'm really tired when I go and run. And that's the same with music. If you're not staying consistent, you're going to feel out of shape. You're not going to feel ready to go. You're not going to stay focused and remembering what you did and building on the progress that you made before. So make sure that you make a plan. Look at your schedule and ask yourself, when can I find some time to practice this week? that wraps it up here for today's podcast of four habits to better practicing we want to hear from you if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please leave us a comment below we want to um you know hear your opinion your thoughts uh, and 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 know if we should continue doing this in the future Uh, we value you guys as a community so please let us know um, remember that all these four main habits are in the show notes below so you can check those out and uh, review them uh, we also want to say that you know this week I am launching my very first ebook, 15 Essential Jazz Etudes, and that's going to be available in our store that you can check out. Uh, it's an ebook that helps you learn jazz language um, and helps you learn to play chord changes better. I composed everything specifically for that reason. Uh, it comes with some play along tracks as well as, as well as recording of each etude. So be sure to check that out. And um, also don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. If you want to get involved in our community and know what's going on with learn jazz standards, that's the best place to do so. <laughs> Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.